The Howling Monkey Radio Network presents Dispatches of Note. The one movie that is actually scary. There aren't that many movies that are actually frightening. Sure, there's some with jumps and jolts or blood and brains, but very few films really stick with you as being deeply, truly scary. After the closing credits, not many people are really scared that Michael Myers is going to come busting through their door, or that a vampire is going to turn them into a thrall, or that they're going to check into a hotel and end up being subjected to horrific experiments. Sure, it happens, but it's not a real fear. Occasionally, a movie may stick with people as being well-made, and they fondly recall the hour and a half they enjoyed, or that they were startled by what was on the screen. But true lasting terror? It just really doesn't happen that often. But there is one movie that actually, truly kept me in absolute fear, at least for a solid 12 hours. And that movie is William Friedkin's 1973 horror classic, The Exorcist. On the surface, the movie doesn't really sound like it's going to be that scary. It stars a young Linda Blair who went on to do some prison movies and not much else as a young girl who's possessed by a demon. And then she gets yelled at for a good chunk of time by Max von Sydow. It really shouldn't be that scary, but when I saw it, it was the most terrifying event of my life up until that time. And that's mainly Chuck's fault. As with an inordinate amount of my stories involving my early teen years, Chuck plays a key role. He and I were in the same Boy Scout troop, and we spent a lot of time at each other's houses. Chuck's house was particularly popular in those days because his dad was one of the first parents to spring for cable and home box office. It wasn't even HBO then. This was the late 70s or maybe very early 80s, and home box office was amazing, and particularly for adolescent boys who weren't used to seeing honest-to-goodness uncut movies with cussing and, and naughty bits. And The Exorcist. Usually a group of guys would gather on the weekends, but for some reason, this night was just Chuck and me. Chuck's house was a very cool old Midtown Memphis house that had, at one time, been a duplex and was never really reconverted. His parents lived downstairs, and if you wanted to make your way down to the kitchen at night, you had to go downstairs and make your way through a front room that had windows covered by thick drapes that blocked all light from entering the house. Presumably they blocked all light leaving the house too, but it's hard to tell if that's true because the room, in all the time we ever went there, was never once lit. It was as if the family was convinced that German bombers were always en route and had a master plan to target their living room, and only their living room. The den, along with the all-important home box office, were upstairs. This was well before DVRs, or VCRs, or even remote controls for cable. At that time, you changed channels on the cable box by sliding this lever back and forth on a khaki plastic box. It wasn't efficient, but the sound was actually oddly satisfying. Once Chuck's parents went to bed downstairs, Chuck and his sister held control of the upstairs. Usually when the friends were over, Chuck's sister wisely managed to find somewhere else to go for the evening. And that was the case this night. The house was big, so the upstairs was pretty good sized. The den had a patio on a balcony, and there was a fairly long walk to the one upstairs bathroom in the very back of the house. I was probably 12 or 13 on this fateful evening, certainly too young for the likes of the movie in question. Chuck was, and for that matter always has been, and in fact always will be, a couple of years older than me. He had consulted the magazine Home Box Office used to send to its subscribers that listed the programming schedule. In those days, the channel showed maybe three or four movies a month, maybe more, I'm not sure, but the channel wasn't complex. And that night, the movie was The Exorcist. Chuck was determined we would watch it. I'd heard of The Exorcist, I knew it was supposed to be scary, and most importantly, 
I didn't want to be a coward and say no to watching a movie. So watch it, we did. And yeah, it was scary. From the unsettling makeup of the possessed Linda Blair, to the unnerving voice of the demon Pazuzu, to that inexplicably scary tubular bells rendition that has forever affixed that piece to devil business, The Exorcist is a well-made, scary movie. No question about it. But the movie itself is not the entire reason The Exorcist holds a special place of horror in my heart. It's not even the projectile vomiting of split pea soup or the blatant blasphemy that occurs in the film. Ultimately, the reason the movie sticks with me as a total assault of terror is because of Chuck. It kind of goes back to an early scene in the movie. After Reagan, that's Linda Blair, starts displaying odd behavior, her parents, Ellen Burstyn and, I don't know, some guy, take her to a psychiatrist. While the doctor is trying to hypnotize Reagan, she lunges at him and grabs him by the goods, driving him to the floor. Chuck somehow quickly deemed this to be the Gritcha Gritcha scene. He'd hold up his hands and make a squeezing motion while saying, Gritcha Gritcha. And we thought that was funny. At that moment. Later, we would both dread the words, Gritcha Gritcha, a phrase I am confident that heretofore has probably never been used in a paragraph at all, much less three times. After the exorcism and the movie itself ended, we both tried to act like we weren't scared. Chuck was Catholic, so I suspect he was a little more scared than he was letting on. And as for my part, I was a little freaked out, but I was easily spooked as a kid, and, well, I still am. But all was well. That is until I had to go to the bathroom. For whatever reason, several lights were out upstairs at Chuck's that night, including most of them on the way to the bathroom and the bathroom light itself. So when I said I had to go to the bathroom, Chuck said something to the effect of, I hope she's not in there. Gritcha. Gritcha. I laughed, made my way back to the unnaturally dark bathroom. Nothing that wasn't supposed to happen did, and events occurred as intended. But to say I wasn't scared, to say I wasn't terrified, or to say that that wasn't the scariest trip to a bathroom I've ever had, well, that would be false. And mind you, I've gone to some scary bathrooms, including one at camp from which giant snakes and spiders routinely emerge from places you do not want to see them emerge during a late night visit to a latrine. Or during the day. Or ever. Anyway, I came back to the den, probably a little shaken. Chuck made fun of me, and we ended up watching something else. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it was Sorcerer, which is a Roy Scheider movie about nitroglycerin. But as the night wore on, and in those days, we would stay up all night watching pretty much whatever was on TV, Chuck had to go to the bathroom, and I, of course, pointed out the possibility of a Gritcha Gritcha incident. At this point, Chuck pointed out that it was a nice night, and that the balcony patio was a good place to get some fresh air. In short... And without going into much detail, for the remainder of that long night, whenever one of us needed to answer nature's call, we did so by heading out individually to the patio and communing with nature herself from that balcony underneath a crisp, cool, starlit sky. We didn't sleep before sunrise. To this day, 40-some-odd years later, I occasionally, if only fleetingly, worry that Linda Blair is lurking in a bathroom. I suspect Chuck does as well, but I can guarantee you, We both still know what the term Gritcha Gritcha means. I guess I have never really recovered from The Exorcist. Presumably the grass outside Chuck's parents' house has. This program is brought to you by Law Dog Productions, LLC. We're on the web at HowlingMonkeyRadio.com, where you can find our other shows and content. You can also learn about ways to support our efforts there. You can reach us through our email address, info at HowlingMonkeyRadio.com.